So I do the same thing for Sami Zayn. I give him the opportunity of a lifetime, and all he does is he uses me, and he uses my bloodline, and he uses my island of relevancy. Like and share and subscribe. You know what every other member of the bloodline knows. Roman Reigns' days as Universal Champion are numbered. This is the respect you show me, and no solo. Guilty and charge. Jay, what don't we do? Don't lose, Luke. And why don't we lose? Because we the ones. On the road to WrestleMania, but we are making a pit stop first in Canada at the Elimination Chamber. It's shine time for Sammy. The overall consensus? One of the best storylines in the history of WWE, and one that, if you really think about it, started writing itself back in the days of the WWWF. Acknowledged and packaged the timeline of the bloodline. Head of the table, Roman Reigns. The wise man, Paul Heyman. The Usos solidify their alliance, the addition of Sammy and Solo, many moral themes even woven in, such as, am I my brother's keeper, and blood is thicker than water. You know, Sammy gives me those Mick Foley vibes, the underdog story, and in terms of gaining sympathy with the crowd, and with a look, can control the crowd. You remember how Mick would take those verbal lashings, like from Vince for example? Mick could give that look of sadness, looking helpless, to play on the crowd's heartstrings as an underdog babyface. There's an episode of Raw, December 11th, 2000. Vince tries to force Mick into retirement. Mick utilizes facials in that segment to better connect with the crowd. And there's better examples than that one, but that's just what I can think of off the top of my head. And Stone Cold even had this ability as well. He would do the opposite often though, like looking to the crowd and saying, can you believe this shit? or can you believe what we are hearing? You can see that throughout the McMahon vs. Austin feud, especially in the early years. That crowd connection, which is what Sammy has now. The entire Canada behind Sammy that night at Elimination Chamber should be special. Some other news on the event. Recently on Monday Night Raw, the 2-6 episode, it opened up hot with an Edge and Beth Phoenix promo, which led to a confrontation with the Judgment Day and the confirmation of Beth and Edge versus Finn and Rhea Ripley. The chamber matches are set. The women's chamber match, the winner will be the number one contender for the Raw Women's Chamber championship, which Bianca currently holds. In the chamber, we'll see Carmella, Raquel, Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, and Natalia. The men's chamber, the US title will be on the line. Champion Austin Theory, as well as Rollins, Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. And shout out to recent Raw MVP, not the MVP, but Angelo D, my G. He had a hoss match there with Damian. Both proved they're good workers, and Dawkins continues to progress. Also check out that recent match between Rollins and Chad Gable. That's a low-key classic too. 
It looks like Lesnar Lashley 3 is set for the Elimination Chamber as well. Lesnar faced Lashley at Rumble 22, which Lashley won due to Roman's interference. They also met at Crown Jewel, in which Lesnar won. And obviously, if they're doing this match now, that's going to leave both men's plans open for WrestleMania 39. Becky Lynch finally faced Bayley in a steel cage match that was knocked off course during that Raw is 30 episode. Becky would be victorious, and a surprise return from Lita helped solidify that win. And there's a rumor that Lita's friend Trish may also be returning soon. And Trish, Lita, and Becky will be possibly facing damage control pending Bailey's potential injury. Stay tuned for more Elimination Chamber news as it breaks. On that same 2-6 episode of Raw, we saw what was pretty much a 5-star segment that featured Cody and the wise man Paul Heyman. Heyman's long association with the Rhodes family was focused on, and we took an emotional trip down memory lane back to the year 2000, when Dusty was featured in Heyman's ECW, and as Cody stated, that helped Dusty regain his confidence, and even financially started helping him and the family get back on their feet. But it wasn't long before Heyman, maybe Paulie dangerously, brought things back to the business at hand. You, Cody, were his favorite son, but Roman Reigns was the son he always wanted. Roman vs. Cody looks to be set for WrestleMania 39, or will Sammy change those plans? Side notes, shout out to Triple H's respect for previous generations, which has really been in place since he took the reins of creative. Nostalgia done correctly is always great for business, and to connect the various generations of WWE fans. ECW getting a lot of shine recently, Lita's involvement with the Steel Cage match. One of my favorites was the Ciampa Harley Race dedication when he faced off against Bobby Lashley, and there was a whole video package included, and it was a part of the storyline. Zoe Stark vs. Sol Ruka, NXT TV. Is Sol Ruka the future of the WWE Women's Division? A tight and solid matchup that looked good on TV, and Ruka is definitely progressing. Of course, there is still shades of green, but there's no teaching that natural athletic ability she has. It is not forced, it's fluid, effortless, just a part of her. And Zoe's finisher with Ruka looked great on TV, and Zoe would end up taking that win, but again, the future is very bright for Ruka. Like and share and subscribe. Another rumored match for WrestleMania 39, Seth Rollins vs. Logan Paul. Rollins recently hopped on his IG Live and gave his thoughts on Logan Paul. I don't know about Logan Paul. Um, all I know is I don't really like Logan Paul. Um, God. Um, 
Yeah, look, I'll just say it. A lot, a lot of us don't really like Logan Paul. We just, we don't. I, I don't like Logan Paul. I don't really need him in my locker room, in my space. Um, you know, great, great. Guys, uh, ultra talented as far as athletic ability is concerned. You know, um, snuck up on me uh, at the Rumble and dumped me. Fine, whatever. You know, I took my eyes off the ball. That one's on me. But don't go bragging about it like you did something uh, you know, otherworldly. I mean, it's probably the coolest thing Logan's ever going to do in his life is throw me out of the, the rumble. But um, I, I just advise him to stay in his lane, I guess is what I would say. Because, you know, he's that freak, no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, he's just, he's not a wrestler, you know? He's just, he doesn't want to be a wrestler. He just wants to be famous. He doesn't care about the industry. He doesn't, he, he's not a wrestler. And so I think best for him to just stay in his lane whatever his lane like buying counterfeit pokemon cards if that's your lane stay in that lane uh will knock you out and you don't have your brother for backup because he's about to get cooked by this dude coming up in a couple weeks or whatever and he's not gonna be around so um at some point we're gonna have to come face to face and i just really don't think he wants to I don't think he wants none, as they say, I guess. Um, so that's all I'm going to say about LP, as they call him. Don't love him. Come in, do your thing. Do your little thing and get your little, oh, very good, Logan Paul. Very good, your little, your little claps and all that. Oh, Logan Paul, you know, have everybody hold your hand. Great, but, like, don't be bragging about throwing me out of the rumble. It's just, it's kind of a, call me a clown. Look at this guy, right? So that's all. I'll just I'll get all that out, out of the way, and then we'll move on. Um, so, yeah, I went a little crazy there. Apologies. WWE CEO Nick Khan recently joined CNBC to discuss more detail on the future of WWE and if Vince will step away once again. Thank you very much for having me. Happy to be here. I um, want to certainly get to the earnings and the outlook for this year, but what has captured many investors' attention, of course, is the possibility of a, of a sale or some sort of transaction that would create value. Uh, how confident are you, given you're in the midst of this process, you hired an investment bank, that you will end with some sort of transaction that creates value? Well, look, we feel that the marketplace is robust for our product. We have a vast... Uh, a library of intellectual property. We have a 10,000 hour plus library of matches that people seem interested in. And it's a company that is in essence its own sports league that somebody could buy, put it on their platform or further expand what I think we're already doing. In addition to that, the library has certainly got good usage on Peacock with our existing deal there and our hardcore fans remain interested in that. But it's all about the tentpole monthly events. Um, you know, I, I've done a little reporting on this because it is of interest to certain people. What I hear, though, as well is, well, Vince McMahon is not just the founder. He's the lifeblood of this company to a certain extent. Um, and there's no governing Vince McMahon. So any deal, you know, you'd have to deal with Vince. Does that become a gating issue at all in terms of this process when those other buyers are looking to potentially take control, but really there's no taking control from Vince? Well, by the way, you're right, it's very tough to take control from him. And he's built an empire which uh, has certainly been good uh, by me and for me. But no, Vince has declared to the board, to me, to other uh, upper management, 
is 100% open to a transaction where he's not included in the company moving forward. Keep in mind, he's also a large shareholder. He's 77 years old, and I think he's uh, ready to take a look at the landscape. Is he involved in content creation? And I ask that because I know Triple H, the man known as Triple H, has been running that uh, in recent months. But there's been some speculation, given his history of being involved very heavily, that he could once again do so. Your research is deep on this. No, he's not involved at all. Vince is not involved at all. Triple H remains our chief content officer. We had our earnings call yesterday afternoon. He was asked that question. He, meaning Triple H, was asked that question and answered it honestly and candidly. Vince has had no interference in it since he left. Since he came back, Triple H is in charge of it. We have a terrific creative team around him. In terms of strategic alternatives, I mean, a couple weeks ago, Wells Fargo said that strategics are likely limited to Netflix, Amazon, and our parent company, Comcast. Do you see it the same way? Well, what do you think of the Comcast thing? Can you make that happen? or we don't? I, I'm actually hearing probably not, I hate to say it, but at this point. Although another name I do hear is Endeavor. The idea of bringing together, for example, UFC and WWE. Is that a possibility? Look, I think they're all possible, and we're still bullish on Comcast being possible. Obviously, there's only so much I can say about it at this moment. Uh, but we've certainly got a warm reception uh, in the marketplace for people who seem interested. What are your expectations in terms of timing? Quick. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be obtuse in no, saying that. No, that's okay. But I think it's going to be a pretty fast process, maybe three months. You've had a, a relationship with our parent company through Peacock, of course. You know, how would you characterize what you've seen though, so, thus far in terms of the viewership on, on that platform? A, a plus. Peacock as a partner, NBC as a partner for our weekly show Raw and our weekly show NXT, phenomenal. And in terms of their push to get eyeballs, obviously they have an investment in the property that would help you know, them wanting to push that. Ratings are up, uh, I think it's 45% year to year on our Peacock events. So we launched in March of last year, and by you know this March, they're through the roof. And finally, I just want to come back to something you've already said, but I want to make sure I understood it. I mean, because I do get pushed back on the idea that Vince McMahon would ever step aside but it's your belief that if the right deal is found if, and that's a big if he would be willing to do so 100 percent, without question and by the way just to correct myself we launched on peacock in march of 21 not last year so i apologize for that but with vince 100 percent, if it's the right deal and i think we're all going to take a look at all of the factors that make it the right deal if it doesn't involve him it's no issue we really appreciate your stopping by thank you Rock also recently joined CNBC and discussed the potential future of WWE. Something that's been in the news in recent days, that's the WWE. You made your name initially as one of the most successful pro wrestlers of all time. You were part of the WWE franchise during the boom years, the so-called attitude era of the late 90s and, and early 2000s. You know the McMahon family, you came up with Triple H. What do you see as the next chapter for WWE? I mean, would a sale or, or a future involving new owners actually make sense here? Well, I could tell you this. I could tell you that it, it's an exciting brand. It's a brand that I've been very fortunate enough to have uh, tremendous success over the decades. And also for your viewers here in the business world who may not know, uh, the lineage goes way back multi-generational with the WWE. My grandfather wrestled for Vince McMahon Sr. in the 70s. My dad wrestled for Vince McMahon in the 80s, and then I came along with my bad haircut and fanny pack 
and I continue to wrestle for Vince too as well. So we've seen tremendous success over the years. I think it's a very attractive company and uh, I'm excited and I wish Vince and that company uh, all the best. Yeah, uh, Dwayne, it's David Faber. There are those, and you seem to make this point, that say Vince McMahon will never be able to separate himself from the WWE. So the idea of a sale becomes sort of a difficult to imagine unless somehow it's a buyer who lets him continue to run it and be in charge. Would you tend to agree with that? I would, and that's a great note, David. I, I think with the world of professional wrestling and the world of WWE, it's so unique. Uh, the fan base is um, is very large and very passionate, uh, and there's nothing like the WWE. So I think with the new owners, if there are new owners um, and acquirers who are gonna come in, I think that they have to share that same passion that Vince has for the company and for the world uh, of pro wrestling, which isn't always easy to do. As you guys know, with a company like this, it's been so incredibly successful over the years. Uh, a, a sale and acquisition can be very complicated, but there's that unique added anchor to this, I believe, that Vince feels where you gotta find the right buyer who still has that passion uh, and the love for this very unique world. Sunday, returns Sunday, February 19th on A&E. New WWE on A&E content returns with the Season 3 premiere of Biography, WWE Legends, followed by the Season 2 premiere of WWE Rivals. These premieres continue WWE's ongoing partnership with A&E, exclusive WWE-themed content, which has brought eyes over to the channel, especially since its rebuild from 2020, when A&E lost some content, which affected overall viewership. I think somewhere around a 50% decrease, and they had to look for ways to reverse that as any company would, and they knew a good way to do that would be through WWE content. Seasons 1 and 2 saw anywhere between 300,000 to a million viewers tuning in per episode. The season premiere of Biography will explore the infamous NWO faction, and other legends that are featured this season include Jake the Snake, China. Dusty Rhodes, Kane, and the Iron Sheik. Season 2 of WWE Rivals is also set to return with actor and former WWE writer Freddie Prinze Jr. as host, leading a roundtable discussion discussing the storylines and dynamic characters behind the epic battles that built WWE. This season of Rivals begins with Hogan vs. Andre the Giant. Other episodes will include Stone Cold vs. Bret Hart, Taker vs. Mankind, Lesnar vs. Reigns, Austin vs. Michaels, and much more. Additional WWE content will premiere this summer, with Season 2 of WWE's Most Wanted Treasures. This season will feature WWE Hall of Famers Booker T, Mick Foley, and Lita. It starts out real fun, and then you realize that's your life's work. The Sun people thought, we need to set you on fire so you're used to this. See, there's a price you pay for being a wrestler. I was grateful when he stayed away. To get to the top, you have to sacrifice. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
cable network Reels has announced that the new documentary, China, Wrestling with Demons, is set for its TV premiere. The documentary will debut on Sunday the 5th, and it will focus on the life of China, both in and out of the ring, before her untimely passing in 2016. The press release for the documentary states, China enjoyed a groundbreaking career until her controversial exit from the organization in 2001. From the moment she exploded onto the wrestling scene in 1997, China was a pioneer. Wrestling with Demons is the story of a woman with an insatiable hunger to stay relevant and loved. Hear about the battles that made her a survivor, as well as her heart-wrenching struggles behind the scenes. The documentary will feature some of China's friends and colleagues sharing personal stories about the groundbreaking pro wrestling legend. This includes Diamond Dallas Page, Dr. Drew Pinsky, and Tammy Sunny Sitch. You can also expect to see current talent, such as the AEW TBS champion, Jade Cargill. In the final years of her life, China had been attempting to repair her relationship with WWE, hopeful to be inducted into the company's Hall of Fame. She would end up being inducted into the Hall of Fame, but it was a part of the DX faction back in 2019. As the film description for Wrestling With Demons goes on to add, it seems that mainstream celebrity ultimately didn't know what to do with China, a larger-than-life woman who was the queen of one world but adrift in Hollywood, where large women were not revered. This riveting special will appeal to everyone. On the same night as the China documentary, another documentary titled Autopsy, The Last Hours of Owen Hart will also premiere, and will take a look at the tragic passing of Owen Hart on May 23, 1999, which was during the WWE Over the Edge pay-per-view. The documentary will include interviews with Owen's widow Martha Hart, Owen's son, brothers Bruce Hart and Ross Hart, WWE Hall of Famer and current AEW talent Jeff Jarrett, and many others. A third documentary will premiere that night as well, with another episode of Autopsy, The Last Hours of Roddy Piper. Unlike that big A&E slash WWE content deal, these documentaries are not officially affiliated with WWE and unrelated to that A&E deal. However, reels just like A&E are trying to utilize the fandom of wrestling because that's what's best for business. The China documentary is right on the heels of the premiere of MLW on Reels. In case you missed it, it was announced that Major League Wrestling will air on the Reels channel, MLW Underground, every Tuesday starting the 7th, so you can switch over from NXT to MLW. With a strong response from our viewers to several Reels originals celebrating the lives and careers of professional wrestlers, we're stepping into the ring to bring them new Major League Wrestling events every week, stated Steve Cheskin, SVP of Programming at Reels. Like and share and subscribe. Report has revealed that Dark Side of the Ring Season 4 is in production and looking to pick right back up where it left off. The documentary series, which focuses on controversial topics throughout the history of pro wrestling, concluded Season 3 back in 2021. Season 3 showcased the most episodes Dark Side has produced thus far, that being 13. Episode 1, which I believe was a two-parter, that featured Brian Pillman and had the most viewership of that entire season, with the Grizzly Smith and Dynamite 
hit episodes trailing not far behind. Season 3 saw an average of 250,000 plus viewers per episode. If you remember, there was a lot of controversy surrounding the Plane Ride from Hell episode, while other episodes such as the one spotlighting Chris Canyon and Luna Vachon were highly praised. Many actually thought that Darkseid was cancelled since it shifted its focus to the Tales from the Territory series. At the end of 2022, Darkseid co-creator Evan Husney did say that Darkseid of the Ring will return for more episodes, but they wanted to give Tales from the Territories a chance at establishing itself as its own brand. PW Insider reports that episode topics have been revealed, and fans of ECW may be pleased to hear that some ECW legends will be highlighted in this upcoming Season 4. The legendary Bam Bam Bigelow is said to be featured in his own episode. Some say one of the best big men to do it, vicious but agile, a menacing figure but could have that cool babyface swag too. New Jersey's own, who was a versatile worker. He could hang in that gritty environment that was ECW, but also could majorly contribute to the pageantry and spectacle that was WWE, especially at that time in that era. And a WrestleMania main eventer, let's not forget. A big sports crossover for the time with his match against Lawrence Taylor. But health and addiction will most likely be topics brought up as Bam Bam struggled with the balance of pain management and addiction like many of his peers in this era. Mike Awesome is also said to have his own episode as well for the upcoming Dark Side Season 4. Another unique big man who was also extremely agile and athletic, a prominent member of the ECW roster, a two-time ECW world champ. He maybe had some of the hardest hitting matches in the history of pro wrestling against Masato Tanaka. Chair shots that sounded like gunshots. But be prepared for where this episode will go. From the controversial way he left ECW to the mysteries still surrounding his passing. Abdullah the Butcher is also rumored to have an episode in this new season of Dark Side of the Ring. Mick Foley, Jim Cornette, Terry Funk, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan are among those who have been interviewed for this season's episode so far. No premiere date confirmed as of yet, but stay tuned for more news as it breaks. <laughs> Sammy Zayn, I give him the opportunity of a lifetime, and all he does is he uses me, and he uses my bloodline, and he uses my island of relevancy. Like and share and subscribe. Do you know what every other member of the bloodline knows? Roman Reigns days as Universal Champion are numbered. This is the respect you show me, and no solo. Guilty and charged. Jay, what don't we do? Don't lose, Luke. And why don't we lose? Because we the ones. So, we're the ones.